Another NFL team believes that the Denver Broncos have a strong chance to lock in Aaron Rodgers this offseason. We talk about some inside bits that we heard on Broncos Country tonight regarding Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore, and whether or not Moore is ready for the head coaching job. Plus, we answer a Broncos Country mailbag question about whether or not a group ownership or singular ownership would be better for the team, for the organization, and the fan base. We discuss that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there, OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. You can visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, both of us. We cover the Denver Broncos for the Locked Lockdown Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow and subscribe. Free and available everywhere you get your podcast here to Lockdown Broncos. You can watch us on YouTube. If you're watching us right now, you have yet to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications so you never miss out on a notification when we go live here on YouTube. Not to mention, thank you so much, Broncos Country, for making this podcast your first listen of the day. Sarah, my friend, hey, great to see you here once again. i got a jam-packed show in store for, uh, for us and for Broncos Country here today. And uh, some interesting news, obviously, you listen to some interviews from Broncos Country tonight on KOA from Dallas Cowboys beat writers, reporters about the optics of coaching candidates and how the perspective around the NFL is about the Broncos and one particular quarterback in Green Bay. A lot to break down. How you doing, my man? Doing great, Cody. Doing great. And absolutely, after listening to this, I mean, this kind of gets the offseason juices flowing. I mean, Benjamin Albright and Ryan Edwards, we know they always they always bring the heat. Those guys are great and honestly one of the best listens for Broncos country as yeah. we're all, you know, we're all family in this. Those guys are amazing and they do great work. So definitely check them out. But I think you and I, I mean, obviously we learned a lot from this. Some of our questions about certain candidates, one in specific being Kellen Moore, were answered <laughs> In, in this and also I mean kind of just uh dropping these huge bombs about a certain Green Bay QB as you mentioned so a lot of fun stuff to unpack here well let's get into it because in that interview it was hour one and going into hour two they're interviewing a Dallas Cowboys beat reporter and obviously a radio personality as well uh, I believe it's Jeff Cavanaugh if I'm not mistaken there he said something along the lines that unanimously People within the Dallas Cowboys front office really believe that Dan Quinn, Cowboys players as well, and media believe that Dan Quinn will be the next head coach for the Denver Broncos here. I mean, this is something that we've heard. Obviously, Ian Rappaport had a, was on the Pat McAfee show just yesterday and was talking about the fact that there's mutual interest by both those parties. They're going to take their time, but they have interest in dancing, which, you know, Ian Rappaport obviously kind of tying the tea leaves there as possible. So it's like, all right, how does this kind of outline things? But, you know, what would that look like? And I know Broncos country is so split on Dan Quinn. There's a lot of animosity towards Dan Quinn. Uh, look, I, if, as long as he comes in, wins games, brings in an offensive staff and focuses on the offense and helps do that. I, as long as the Broncos offense improves and the team culture kind of still, still stands still, that's where we're supposed to be. I think in Broncos, and that's where fans need to look at, but you know, Sarah, anything you want to add to that? Cause I mean, it was just, like I said, a lot of nuggets, a lot of bombs being dropped on Broncos country tonight. 
Yeah, absolutely. It, it really does sound like, you know, from from everything that we've been hearing from the beginning and even before this kind of started, the speculation really centered around Dan Quinn. And especially I know from Benjamin Albright's perspective, I mean, he was tweeting out things months ago about Broncos <laughs> country. What would you think about Dan Quinn and Russell Wilson and these type of things? And so, I, I mean, this has been out in the universe for quite some time. And, and I feel like going into this process, Cody, we could tell even though there were 10 candidates on the list, list Dan Quinn is the only one with prior head coach experience the only one so we knew going into this that the optics were either going to be you hire the most qualified guy being Dan Quinn or you hire somebody who blew you away so much in the interview process that you can say after you hire him man this guy I mean he beat out he beat out the best candidate I mean he beat out easily what everyone thought was the number one the odds on favorite yada 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 so to me, I, and I've been on team offensive coach this whole time. You know, the listeners know. I haven't yep. been shy about that. And so I think the the formula for me that works with this, Cody, is, and I've been saying this in our Slack chat, but Dan Quinn plus blank equals my personal happiness. I think the fill in the blank there of that equation, the, the missing piece is the quarterback. If you can go out and get a star quarterback, I'm, I could care less who the head coach is. I talked about that in previous episodes with Vic Fangio. Like, If you put yeah. Rodgers or Russell Wilson with Vic Fangio, I think Fangio looks like a great coach. So if you have Dan Quinn plus a star QB, that to me is where I start to, okay, I put aside anything that I said I wanted before, you put a star QB in the mix, I'm on board. Well, and let's get to Kellen Moore as well. Some interesting nuggets as well about Moore. Look, obviously, three years of coaching experience. We've talked about the fact here on this very podcast that he doesn't have much NFL coaching experience. He's a younger guy, obviously played in the NFL as a quarterback, understood the Cowboy system. Some interesting nuggets, though, that he doesn't really design his own schemes. Like, he takes a little bit yeah. about what everybody's doing, and he does that, but he really just kind of throws stuff together, and that maybe he's not the voice in the room. Like, for example, if you're a young head coach, you have to be able to inspire confidence to lead. And I always wanted to pinpoint back to when Mike McCarthy tested positive for COVID. It wasn't Kellen Moore who was the acting head coach. It was Dan Quinn in his absence. I think that says a lot about maybe how the, the organization views it. I personally believe that Kellen Moore will not be hired as a head coach during this coaching cycle, regardless if there's eight openings. I believe that it is a risky move. And there's also some concern about maybe how he interviews or presents during interviews. A young guy still probably needs to cut his teeth a little bit more. I think so. I definitely think so. That's kind of been, that's kind of been, I think, our, both of our thought going into this whole deal is like Kellen Moore, like, okay, he's the offensive coordinator for the number one scoring offense in the NFL, and not every team is like begging to have him. So why? You have to ask yourself the question, why? The same as we've talked about with Eric Bieniemy, although that's been going on for much, much longer at this point. So I think for me with Kellen Moore, you can kind of pick up on that. If you're just looking at a guy in terms of what he's like as a guy, you see Kellen Moore, you see him as kind of not stoic, but really just calm and reserved out there. And the, the note that you brought up, Cody, about the and, and that they brought up on the Broncos country tonight about the offense and the scheme and the things that he's just kind of adding to, to a library instead of establishing kind of his writing his own book, so to speak. I feel like that's a really, really important note here is that 
he may not be some offensive innovator, but he may be kind of picking up pieces from everyone else, which that's not necessarily a bad thing. Look, you no. score the, the most points in the NFL. There's something going right there. But I've said this before, and I maintain, Cody, I think Kellen Moore is in the perfect situation for him right now. He's the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys with a lot of established, really good players. I feel like that's the top spot for him for the time being. Well, Troy Aikman ripped the Cowboys, and part of it is Kellen Moore. He said something along the lines of CeeDee Lamb only had one target, one catch in that game, and the corners for San Francisco were playing eight to nine yards off the ball. He's like, you know what I'm doing? Running smoke routes. I'm throwing. He's like, that's where an offensive coordinator, and I think it's also a great point, right? You have to find a way to scheme your guys open. It was more so scheme process for guys like Kellen Moore, guys like Pat Shermer. Like It had to do with the, what their scheme was doing. They had to set everything up based on their scheme, and that's where things got backwards. If you have guys like top-notch guys, look at Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams just for a moment. Look at how they get him open. Look how they involve him. Corners try to play him soft. They're going to throw quick smoke routes to him and allow him to make a move and make guys miss. There is no creativity, I think, in that sense. What we saw from the Broncos offense, I'd be skeptical handing the keys over to Kellen Moore. And look, Cowboys fans have now turned on Kellen Moore considering what happened in their playoff game. I mean, the NFL is so weird in that regard. And ladies and gentlemen, still, we're going to come up here in just a moment. We're going to talk about the optics about the Broncos maybe landing Aaron Rodgers based on the perspective around some other NFL teams' views. We're going to talk about what that means coming up here in just a moment, plus some roster moves that the Broncos have made so far in this week that haven't been talked about. You get that here coming up in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And that's our good friends over there at Online Gambling. And this week, Online Gambling has me setting the challenge of who I believe is going to have the upset win of the week in the divisional round. I've got the Cincinnati Bengals beating the Tennessee Titans. We will see if that happens. And we're all looking for an edge these days. And I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's Lockdown. Broncos. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving bettors the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. If you're thinking about backing an underdog in the division round, make sure you head to OnlineGambling.com before you do. OnlineGambling.com gives bettors the edge by providing the best and most trusted information to help you make the best decisions possible before placing a bet. And that includes their OG tip section where you can see their own underdog picks as well as the inside track on how to beat the the odds throughout the NFL playoffs. Make sure you visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. All right, Sarah, jumping into the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Both Sarah Bettinger, myself, we appreciate you. We appreciate your interaction in the YouTube comment section on Twitter. It means the world that you tune in, that you take time out of your day to listen to us talk Broncos football. We appreciate you. Kind of continuing off on our previous conversation here, the optics around the NFL. Some teams have a belief that the Denver Broncos will land Aaron Rodgers. This is something that also came from Broncos country tonight. Look, I I think there is that belief, right? You know, thing with Rodgers, I think that's been so hard to read from people is that when he appears on shows like the Pat McAfee show, he's just so open, but he doesn't really talk too much about his future. And in press conferences, he talks about the fact that, you know, hey, maybe I could stay. Maybe I won't stay. Like, who knows? Maybe I'll retire. I mean, there's all these possibilities here. But widely, the belief is held that he'll end up in Denver. Yeah, and that's exciting, right? For Broncos country, you got to be pumped about that. And on one hand, I, I'm kind of one of those people, Cody. I'm not 
a superstitious person, but like, like, you know, Michael Scott says on the office, I am a little (laughs) stitious. I don't like being the first team that everybody talks about in regards to like, Oh yeah, this is the early favorite to land this big time star player. I don't necessarily like being the first team that everyone talks about of like, Oh yeah. You know, early in the process, because why? Well, because a lot of times you see that the early favorite to land a certain guy or certain player or whatever ends up not being the team that gets them. I mean, it's not always the most obvious route that everything goes. So on the one hand, I I, I smashed the pause button on that a little bit. On the other hand, look, it's January 19th. We've been hearing about Aaron Rodgers wanting to be a Denver Bronco and people thinking that he would go to the Denver Broncos at some point for what, eight months now, eight, nine months at this point. So I feel like there's where there's smoke, there's bound to be at least a little bit of fire. And I think the earlier Aaron Rodgers is bounced from the playoffs, the better for Broncos fans. Unfortunately, I just don't know when that's going to happen. You know, I mean, we talk about the 49ers kind of being a little bit of a dark horse team. So we'll see what they can do this week. I don't know how much you feel like that plays into it, Cody. But for me personally, looking at this from the outside, I kind of see, okay, the the quicker Rodgers and the Packers get eliminated from the playoffs the the more he's going to remember okay yeah this is this is kind of where I was at right now they're riding a high, I mean they're the number one seed in yep. the entire NFL they have the best record in the league they're probably favorites to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl and if they go there and they win the Super Bowl I would I would almost feel like it's more likely that he retires than changes teams if he gets bounced from the playoffs I could see the Broncos as a legit option so Broncos fans are hoping the 49ers win this weekend. <laughs> That's what everyone's <laughs> kind of banking on. You know, I, I think the thing with with Rodgers, with quarterback too, you know, you got fan ba- the fan base here, they want, a, they want a chance to win a Super Bowl. But then, you know, you've also have fans that are like, oh, we want a young guy that we can develop and be the guy for the next 10, 15 years. I get that. But if you have an option to win Super Bowls and maybe like, look, Rodgers, in my opinion, if he still wants to play, I think he can still play some really good football for the next five to seven years of his career. I yes. think he has that remaining. I mean, look at what Tom Brady's doing. I mean, Tom Brady's eating avocado ice cream and is still just absolutely manhandling opposing NFL teams when Ben Roethlisberger looks like he can barely move on the field and he's retiring here at 39. So, uh, you know, I I think this conversation will always be something that's probably going to be tied to this offseason. We're going to wait and see. Now, an interesting note as well, you know, trades. There, there was a talk I saw you going on Twitter. There's always an element where maybe trades could be agreed upon, but nothing gets leaked out because it could change everything and obviously provide a you know, shifting of intel. Who knows? But like I said, I, I think you're right. Look, if the Packers go on to win the Super Bowl, I think the chances of Rodgers leaving Green Bay or retiring, I think those increase significantly versus him going elsewhere. If they lose, I can see him bouncing. Because look, they, they made it to the NFC Championship. They were they should have been in the Super Bowl last year, but they had letdowns on the defensive side of the ball. They decided to play it safe and play hyper-conservative against the Bucs, and it came back to bite them in the tail in that game. So I think there's this uh, there's this hunger. He wants to go out there and win. He's just so laid back. His personality would love to see him in Denver. But you know what? If not, the Broncos will look at another guy as well who appeared on the Manning cast and didn't, you know, he had it in his contract there in his appearance that they're not going to talk about his future. So we'll see how things go here. I I, I just think that the writing's on the wall. The Broncos are going to be in on everything, like, like George Payton said. And I think it's something that Broncos fans need to kind of take, take interest in because it's coming up. Like things are going to escalate. It's like you said, January 19th, free agency is literally in two months. So things are going to get wild, folks. Buckle up. Hold on for the ride. It's going to be fun here. Lockdown Broncos. 
But Sarah, I want to get into some other roster moves here that the Broncos have made this week. Now, obviously, at the end of the season, once you get to the playoffs, practice squad contracts do expire. And the Broncos had six contracts expire. Safety, haha, Clinton Dix, who got picked up and obviously appeared in that last game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Duke Dawson, though, a surprise one there. And I'll talk about that a little bit more. Our, our guy, roster man, Rogester Ferris, wide receiver Rico Gafford, Anthony Gordon, quarterback, offensive guard Tristan Hoge, defensive tackle Akeem Spence, and tight end Caleb Wilson. Their contracts all expired. I, really, the focus here for me is going to be Duke Dawson, right? Because the Broncos, they had traded with the New England Patriots to acquire him. He's a former second-round pick. He had ACL surgery, obviously, after that freak injury against the Carolina Panthers last season. And then he had to get a scope procedure again. So he never really got a chance to set foot on the field here and so now his contract expires, which I, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like he could contribute in a facet there. But the Broncos, obviously, with the new coaching staff, maybe it makes sense that they're looking at different options here because it's going to be an entirely new perspective on how they view guys. And I, I don't know. That, that was a surprise to me. Yeah, it is surprising to see his name among that list. You know, the Broncos had a really good up-close look at him back at the 2018 Senior Bowl. Remember when the whole coaching staff under the Vance Joseph era was there? I feel like maybe the Broncos scouting department at the time really favored Duke Dawson, and that was why they made that trade. I don't I don't think necessarily they traded him to be in Fangio's scheme. So that's that's a primary reason to me why it's surprising that he's out. But one move that that I forgot to put on our, our show notes, Cody, that I think people will be interested to, to know that may not even know about this is that he's saying Bassey was claimed by the Broncos yes. off waivers. He's back. So Bassey is back, baby. He'll be on the 90-man roster, I believe, right after the Super Bowl is over. So, And he's not the only one that, they, that they've claimed off waivers recently. I don't know how you feel about this, Cody. And Sam Martin, I, he, I believe he got some all-pro love. And yeah. uh, and some votes for that. So the Broncos going out and picking up a punter off of waivers is a fascinating move for me. Yeah, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, look, they had to have Corliss Waitman kind of step in. Their punter that absolutely just boomed it against Denver and boomed it all season long. Was, was dealing with a family tragedy and had to step away for a little bit. Obviously, he lost his father. Uh, you know, very unfortunate there for him. So they had to bring on Corliss Waitman in order to kind of fill that void there. Now, interesting enough, he only appeared in two games for the Steelers this year, okay? And the thing that kind of stands out to me, his average was 52.1 yards per punt in two games, right? Small sample size, but his longest punt was 63 yards, and he boomed it. I mean, there was a time where he was in his own end zone, and he just boomed it downfield there. Maybe the Broncos bring him in. Maybe there's going to be some training camp punter competition between the veteran guy and the young guy. Uh, you know, like I said, I thought Sam Martin actually did pretty well for the Broncos. He had, I believe it was two or three shanks in the season, which, look, you want to minimize that. But for the most part, I felt like when the Broncos needed him to flip field position, he did a pretty good job so maybe they're going to bring in some competition here and who knows who the next special teams coordinator is going to be as of right now to my understanding assistant special teams coach Chris Gould is still on the staff and he's been a mainstay since the Super Bowl 50 days so we'll see what happens maybe he gets promoted internally they bring in another assistant guy to help we'll have to see about that Broncos country coming up here in just a moment we received a great question from a member in Broncos country our good friend Elsa who asked a question about the Broncos ownership situation and whether or not a group ownership or single ownership would be best we're going to answer that and share our thoughts coming 
coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the other sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, that's our good friends at TurboTax. And ladies and gentlemen, people think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and are renting it out, or maybe you're getting paid in crypto and aren't sure how it's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. And luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has the experience in your unique situation and can answer all of your tax questions right from your phone or your computer. And they can even take care of the whole filing process for you. Whether you launch your own startup or are working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get you the tax deductions that you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes into it. TurboTax Live. All right, sir, as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Locked On Broncos here with Broncos Country. We have covered all season long, all year long, even when the offseason is going on. Sarah Bedger and myself, we try to bring the heat here, covering all things Denver Broncos for you, the avid listeners across Broncos Country. One of the mailback questions we received earlier on this week, and I think it's good that we can kind of make some topics out of these because I think it's important rather than dedicating like two minutes to an answer this was a great question we received from our good friend Elsa on Twitter. She had asked the question, what is the benefit of a group owning the Broncos versus a singular person owning the Denver Broncos? I think when you look at it, there are a lot of pros and cons to be decided here, Sarah. The biggest thing for me, I think, when we look at it, it has to be decision-making. Now, in a group setting, usually it has to be kind of a majority vote. So that, like if you have an ownership group and you're pondering a major decision, whether it be something along the lines of changing ticket prices, whatever it may be, concessions, or firing a coach or something like that, like a head coach, making these personnel-based decisions from the top level, it comes from that kind of group collaboration there. So if there's an ownership group they would meet in a conference and they would have to, I think, have a majority vote in order for these major decisions to happen. Whereas if you have a singular owner, that person has the ultimate say at the end of the day. If they don't like a guy and they want to fire him, they can do that if they want to without without answering to anybody. And I think that's where if the Broncos have a singular owner that has no ties to football, sir, I think that's where I really, 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 really get concerned. If you just have somebody who has really deep pockets, a lot of money, but doesn't really have any football experience or doesn't really care about the game, isn't as invested in the game as what we saw with Pat Bullen, I would be very concerned with the future outlook of the organization. I really would, and I really hope that a group ownership process plays out unless Brittany Bullen does become the single owner, which I would really love to see. I think she's done an amazing job within the organization, but obviously with the team potentially being up for sale, nothing official yet, it is a concern. It is. It is definitely a concern, and I think that's this is the warning that we've been putting out there from the beginning. You get somebody in there with deep pockets and no accountability. I mean, I can't think. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, Cody, even outside of sports. When is the last time it was a really great idea for somebody who doesn't have to be accountable to anybody who answers to nobody with an unlimited amount of money? Uh, when has it been a good idea for those kinds of people to be in charge of anybody, you know, or anything? Look at Stan right? Kroenke, so, for example, for exactly. the number one. He's the number one example of what you don't want for an NFL owner, even sports. I mean, you can even ask the Mammoth. You can ask the Denver Nuggets the involvement of Stan Kroenke. It's terrible. I don't like that. That's what I'm really worried about. I don't want the Broncos to fall in that situation. I don't either. I, I really don't. And I think that that's why so many people want a person like John Elway or Peyton Manning to be part of this ownership group. The reason being, obviously, we know John Elway as a general manager. Very mixed results. Five amazing years, five years that were not so amazing. 
But as as a as somebody who loves the Denver Broncos, somebody who bleeds orange and blue, that's what we need is somebody like that in the ownership group. Um, not not to not to just be biased about everything, but at the same time. That's what Pat Boland brought to the table. He, When he bought the Denver Broncos, he poured his heart and soul into the team. He loved the team. He was passionate about the team. He was a fan of the team. I, I think about like a guy like Mark Cuban, you know, and I don't know necessarily what it's like to work for Mark Cuban, but man, it's awesome to see from just a sports fan perspective. It's awesome to see the owner of the team just wearing a team t-shirt and being out there on the sidelines and, and being with the fans and watching with the fans and wanting what's best for the team at all times and making decisions in that way instead of what's going to make us the the most money or what's going to you know what's going to make me look good to the to the media or to the fan or what's going to you know yep. what's going to prop me up in this how can i get attention how can i draw attention to myself you don't want an owner like that in my opinion and you certainly don't want an owner that thinks he is right or she is right about every single thing you have to have you, you can't have somebody with a one track mind you have to be collaborative in anything anymore these days and so i think for me just as we're looking for leadership traits in a head coach i feel like you want to find leadership traits in an owner and not that you can necessarily go about it at the same <laughs> process but i mean humility is such an important trait Cody, especially for somebody who's very, very wealthy and, and investing in something like this. I would be okay, honestly, if Mark Cuban wanted to buy the Denver Broncos and be the owner because he'd be the right guy for it. You know, he really would. Whereas, you know, I I, I keep seeing Jeff Bezos' name pop up by Broncos fans. I'm like, no. Like, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, look at Amazon, for example. Look at all the controversies that have been going on with Amazon, how they treat their workers, not to mention the, the whole facility and the factories during the tornado warnings. Like, Jeff Bezos does not care. All Jeff Bezos cares about is the color green and launching a rocket into space. Now, look, he might put a Broncos logo on a rocket and go to space, but he Here's the deal. He's not going to care about the football team. And I think it's such a dangerous, dangerous realm uh, when we talk about guys with deep pockets. And Sarah, I am with you 110%. I want what's best for this Broncos team. Because look, growing up, I'll admit, uh, growing up, I was a Broncos fan. I was raised as a Broncos fan. I love the way that Pat Bullen made decisions. And I always go back to the key moment, too. The owner also makes the tough decisions that hurts his heart personally. And his biggest moment that hurt his heart as the owner of the Denver Broncos was having to fire Mike Shanahan, who he loved and valued very much because the team, they were underperforming. They went with the risk of going with Jake Cutler while Jake Plummer still had the team with a winning record. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. I was devastated the day that Mike Shanahan got fired. I remember being, gosh, what was it? I was in eighth grade. I cried during the press conference. I was like, man, it's just so sad. That really hurt Pat Bullen. That was a tough moment for him as an owner. And sometimes you have to have the owner that even though is going to make the decision that hurts him or her personally, but it's best for the team, money clouds that. And one thing I can say Pat Bullen never let cloud his judgment as an owner was money. He wanted what was best for the football team, and that needs to be a criteria. And whoever the next owner is, whether it's a singular owner or a group, there has to be a majority consensus approval by other NFL owners. 24 votes have to happen for that to be possible. So we'll see what happens. But, man, I just – I am worried. I would say that this situation has kept me up thinking at night. Sadly enough, like it's weird. Like at two, two o'clock in the morning, I wake up and I'm like, oh man, what's going to go on with the Broncos ownership situation? It sounds really weird when, when I say it out loud, but that's happened to me sometimes. And I think that this is something that Broncos fans need to absolutely think about because it can change the trajectory of your fandom. I mean, in a big way, if the wrong person gets put into that seat. So 
a lot to talk about. And obviously, Broncos country will have you covered. If anything changes with that situation, we'll have you updated here in the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Just to say thank you, ladies and gentlemen, Broncos country, for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Broncos here. Free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and also here on YouTube. If you want to watch us on your TV, your smartphone, or your computer, we appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action. With that said, Sarah Bettinger and myself, we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.